Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Hello. Hello, listeners. Welcome to your Tuesday episode of the Tradies in Business podcast. With Nicole and some other random guy that talks a lot of waffle. Waffle he was. (laughs) Was his weekly waffle. (laughs) Big dub. I had a a guy that I worked with years ago nicknamed me Big Dub just because of the whole um, WB and then he turned it around the other way. It was BW and he went, oh, Big Dub, BW. Uh, The Big Wazza. I've had all sorts of nicknames, Coxie, over the years. Yeah, I've Speaking had a few. Nicknames, Coxie. <laughs> I've had a few. Most of them unrepeatable. I think you've actually, you're like stealing the Coxie nickname from the builder, aren't you? I am. And the builder's uh, two sons are both also called Coxie. But now when most people call anybody Coxie in this house, they're talking about me. And it's a little bit weird for everybody. But me, I like it. I've, been, I've embraced the, famous the nickname. Podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> famous podcaster and radio host. Yes. Well, just part time. <laughs> so um, a question we get asked a lot, listeners, is what should I do when I start my business? Or how else does this question come up, Coxie? How do I start a business? Where do I find clients for my business? Mm. If I was starting a business, what should I do? I've started my business. What should I have done? (laughs) That's a common one. I've been in business for 12 years. What should I have done 12 years ago? (laughs) So I didn't have so many headaches now. I think it's... And, and I, I've just dived straight in without a Chuck Norris today, Coxie. It's a little strange, I must admit. But maybe for some of our newer listeners, they'll be enjoying this turn of events. Yes, just straight into the valuable content. Straight away, we're going to tell you all of the things you need to know rather than getting stuck in a waffle. Yes. So uh, this is a very time-efficient episode. It is. Efficient and effective. But it is a question we get asked a lot and it kind of scares me a bit. Well, it doesn't scare me. I don't get scared by much. It worries me a bit that Mm -hmm. people don't consider this until after they've started a business. I wonder whether it's just a simple case of not knowing what they don't know. So they don't really know what it is they should be asking about or where to seek that advice or understanding from. Okay. So hang on. I don't know what I don't know. So how Mm -hmm. do I know what I should know if I don't know what I don't know? Bingo. So that's why we asked the question. <laughs> and there's my waffle. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's, so I started a business, but I didn't know that I didn't know all this stuff. And that's the challenge for one of the challenges for us here at Tradies in Business is how do we get content to you, our listeners, when you probably skim past episodes like this on occasion, because like, it doesn't even speak to you like like one time. Like, I think that we should drop the likes, but we should, uh, I guess it'd be great to actually preface this episode and say, even if you have been in business for 12 years, it's a great time to reflect back and think, oh yeah, I've got these things in place. Oh no, actually I still don't. Maybe it's time to get my butt into gear and get this started. 
Mm. All right. So the first thing you should do if you're about to start a trade business, if you've just started a trade business, go back and do this step. Or if you've been in business for 12 years and you didn't do this step, now's your opportunity to do it. Figure out why the hell you want to start a business in the first place. (laughs) And there's the biggest question of all. Yeah. And honestly, Coxie, I feel like most people, including myself, Mm. either don't know to ask and answer it or it's just too big and weird and overwhelming to even consider the depths of that question. You know, why am I, why do I want to be a business owner? Why do I want to start a business? And this is not so much the whole, what's my big um, purpose and vision and what's my impact on the world going to be. I don't mean that why it's more, what is this thing supposed to do for you and your family? It's a brilliant place to start. And I guarantee nine times out of 10, most of the business owners that we're talking to have had that thought of, I'm not really happy with how things are done. I would like to do it differently or I really want some flexibility in my life or I feel like there'll be a pot of rainbow at the end because all business owners are rich. So I'm going to start a business. You know, generally it's one of those three, isn't it? But there are other variations of that for each business owner. And it's important to understand what your motivation is yeah and i guess we're all we're all different we all have different reasons for doing things i would caution someone who is starting a business because your boss is an idiot and you could do it better yourself absolutely because i think that's a little oversimplified and perhaps doesn't take into account what we know from experience and lots of mistakes personally yes, me too. <laughs> for both Coxie and I, um, business is hard. It's hard work. It's complex. It's risky. It's scary. Um, it's, it's disappointing. It's tiring. Business is a big decision. And if you're one of those listeners who's been in business for 12 years or three years or probably more than six months. You've already figured that out. Mm. It's like, yeah, good on you was already, already know that now. Thanks very much. Where were you 12 years ago? Uh, <clears throat> actually 12 years ago, I was just starting out, a, out as a business coach. So He's... yeah, sorry, Coxie. No, that's okay. Um, so yeah, business is really hard. So I, I really wish more people would put more thought into the reason for starting a business mm. before they did it. Because I think a lot of people, given the chance, would probably opt out and just get a better job. It's a really great point that you've raised. And I think that as business owners, we do a really good job of tricking everyone around us into thinking it must be easy or the benefits are so huge in being a business owner that, oh, I can do that. That's easy. That's a piece of cake. I'll create my own business and we'll kick financial goals and have lots of money in the bank. They'll have all this time off and the world will just be an amazing place. Well, I'm sorry. I've got to call bullshit. It's actually really, really hard work to get where you want to be. I'm not saying you can't get there. We regularly coach our clients to the point of being there in that comfortable space. And there are still issues that they need to continue to work on that never goes away. Being in business is hard work. It's always hard work, but something Warwick and I talk about all the time on the podcast is choosing your hard. So if you are going to go in business, 
are you doing it for the right reasons? Let's touch base back to where you are. Why are you doing it? Is it for the flexibility? Okay, so then therefore being a business owner and going through that hard stuff is the better hard for you to be looking at rather than being stuck in a rigid employment contract where you must work these particular hours every week and you can never get the kids to sport or to the bush dance day at school. Which hard works best for you? Mm. Yeah, and... Sometimes the financial results or rewards aren't there as much in the early days as you might think. Um, so first point from me, Coxie, really is if you're going to start a business or if you're already in one, take some time to figure out what your goals are, um, what's your intention. And and not because, oh, I've just always wanted to to create my own business. It's like, yeah, good on you. Why? Mm. Why is that the best thing you could do for your family or for yourself? If it's for your ego, because you just, you know what? I don't care about anybody else. I just want to stroke my ego. That's fine if that's your goal, but just be really clear about that because it's going to have some challenges and disappointments and the clearer you are about the, the purpose of your business, not in terms of the world impact, but what it's going to do for you. Mm. I feel like that's going to help carry you through some of the crap that you're going to face as a business owner over the next forever. Bonus tip, as Warwick always says, if you don't write that down and stick it on the wall, you will forget it. So please <laughs> figure out why you're in business. What are your goals? Write it down and stick it on your wall because you're going to need that reminder as you journey through being a business owner. Totes, Coxie. <laughs> now, the second thing to do before you even accept your first client and and get paid for your first invoice, we wish that everybody went and did this thing and it's not marketing. No, that's the last thing on your list. Sorry. (laughs) There's a a myth um, buster for you. Yep. You're not allowed to do any marketing yet. So the first thing is, okay, I'm clear on my goals, wasn't Nick. I know why I want to do this. I know how this is going to support me and my family and deliver on things like finances and time and, and fulfillment and all that stuff. It's like, great, good on you. You're clear on your goals. Epic. Next thing to do, go find an accountant and a solicitor (laughs) (laughs) and a bookkeeper and a business coach. Or a mentor. Yep. Um, Basically, go assemble your business team. Don't go and employ employees. Don't go hire an apprentice. Don't go do anything else. Go and assemble your business team. I just I see so many people, Coxie, that don't have a good team around them uh, or, or a good team of support crew, basically. And you want that support crew to be working together. So, for example, in um, the, our construction business, we regularly have meetings with our solicitor and our accountant and our financial advisor all in the room at once because we're making decisions collaboratively. They're not just my decisions to make because... I'll stuff them up. They're not the builder's decisions to make for the same reason. If the accountant's making decisions based on what he thinks the future should look like without thinking about the financial plan we've put in place with the planner or the legal ramifications through the solicitor, you can't make a decisive plan. So it's great to have a team, surround yourself with good professional people who can work together and have those conversations together. Now, a word on a big mistake I always made right up until maybe five years ago I would hesitate on getting these people on board because I'd be concerned about their price. 
And all I can tell you is the price of good advice is priceless when you actually need it. And it, you know, if it's going to cost you a bit to get these people in place, it is well worth every penny. When you need them, they're there, they're prepared, they understand your needs in business and they can help you fight your way through to where you need to be. So please don't be a tight-ass Nicole like this Nicole was. It didn't serve me well. It meant that I had to scramble in times when I actually needed that support. It cost me a whole bunch more than what it would have if I had had great support early on. Don't make my mistake. And it's also getting that good advice early can save yes. save money or avoid outgoings. You know, you can structure things so that your taxes aren't more than they need to be or you have less hassles with employees taking you to fair work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and as, you, as we know, as trade business owners or tradies who are looking to start a business, uh, emergency repairs cost more money. Yes. Call-outs cost money. And that's essentially what you're doing if you don't proactively get professional advice and Mm. set your business up the right way from the start and select your support team early on in the process. Mm. If you're scrambling to get advice at the last minute, you're going to pay more money for it. And it's probably going to cost you more to fix things because you've already made a bit of a mess. So there's a cleanup that needs to be done. Uh, So yeah, it's just, and I, I, feel like there's a bit of sad irony in the fact that tradies and trade business owners complain about the cost of their accountant and the cost of their bookkeeper and the cost Mm. of their solicitor. And then they're the same people who will complain about customers complaining about the cost of tradies and good (laughs) tradies wanting the work done cheap. It's like, hang on, hang on. You're a tradie. An accountant is a tradie. They're a tradesperson. They're a professional in their field. They give advice. They implement um, the, the plan, you know, they complete the work. Uh, you're all doing the same thing. So Mm. if you're complaining about the cost of professionals, you're going to get that from your customers as well. So just be careful that you don't put Mm. out to the world what you don't want to get back. Um, but definitely that support team Coxie is, is so critical to building a proper business. And maybe that's the the distinction here. We're talking about a business rather than being self-employed. Being self-employed isn't being a business owner. It's just having a job where you're your own boss of sorts. But hmm. are you really? Are you actually really your own boss? Are you actually making decisions with a business mind or are you just self-employed? And so you're working, paying your own tax, paying your own insurance, et cetera. It's, it's a big distinction that's worth thinking about. It is. And we're not making any value judgment about being self-employed. Uh, if that's what you chose in step one, because that's the best way to deliver on your goals for yourself and your family, then being self-employed is totally cool. There's lots of self-employed people who are very happy. They're achieving their goals and that's great. The reality is though, you're employed by your clients. When yeah. You're self-employed. And mm. if your client is one builder, or, you know, three body corporates or 20 uh, private clients, you work for them. Mm. You know, generally, you're, you're trading time for money and you're stuck in that. The only way to make more money is to work more hours in the week. There's no yes. leverage there. Whereas yeah. moving to owning a business, you can start to employ other people to trade their time for money and you skim a bit off the top. It's pretty much like buying container loads of cheap clothing from China and selling it for more money to consumers. That's, uh, that's what you do as a trade business owner. You buy time from employees and you on-sell it for a margin 
to customers. So you become a trader of, of other people's time, not your own. And it avoids you working 24 hours a day. I love that analogy. It's really simple. And I reckon that will have poked a few people between the eye. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, uh, what was it? Mo, Larry and Curly, you know, so, uh, first one, work out what your goals are. What the heck are you starting a business for? Champion. Um, down here in Tasmania, everyone, everyone uses the term cobber. I haven't Opa. heard it for 20 years. No, we and call that here, It's not mate, it's cobber. How are you, cobber? Good, like, cobber. Good, thanks, bruv. Uh, <laughs> Do you cobber back, though? Is that a thing? I haven't, I haven't ponied up and done the cobber back, but I think I'm going to start it. I'm going to be oh. a cobber. Can you can you um, video the first one you do? <laughs> I'll go out in the street and just get a random. Hey, you going, Cobber? He's like, you swear at me, mate. <laughs> Good, mate. <laughs> All right. So you've got your goals. Uh, you've assembled a team, or at least you recognise the importance of finding a good accountant, a bookkeeper, a solicitor, a business coach, and a mentor. Um, and in various other professionals that you might add to that, finance brokers, insurance brokers, all those sorts of important specialists. The next thing you should do is, have we got to marketing yet, Coxie? No, um, oh. we haven't. We really haven't got to marketing advertising? yet. I want to, do, no. I want to do advertising and marketing. It's exciting. Not yet. We, no. You're jumping mm. the gun a bit. Right. Okay. So what is next, do you reckon? Maybe HR. Ooh. I know it's disgusting, but it needs to be done. HR, hours? Yeah, no. hours. That's exactly what we're doing. No. <laughs> and this is another great area that you can learn from Coxie's mistake. This mistake <laughs> cost me a bunch of money because I put it in place far, far too late. Coxie's sitting here going, here's all the stuff that I didn't do. <laughs> do the opposite to Nicole and you'll be successful in business. Yep. No, that's I terrible. Sorry, I didn't one. mean that. No, it's all right. I, did. I took it with a grain of salt. I stuffed this one up royally though, as you know. And it cost me dearly in many ways and forms with police involved, with stress, with losing staff members, with team culture and trying to bring it back. Like all of that went to hell. So we very much recommend that you take a very good look, broad, broad look at HR. Now, HR isn't simply getting an employment contract in place. It's policies and procedures and understanding what they you need to sh um put in place, ready for your staff member, it's employee handbooks, it's, yes, it's contracts and some of that legal jargon as well, but it's the whole part of the whole system, I guess, behind having a, uh, an employment team or an employee team that you need to impart on them and then have running in your business to ensure that you don't fall into Coxie's hole. Okay, so it is, uh, I think, an area that... <clears throat> People think big business when they think HR, mm -hmm. human resources, because big businesses have human resource departments. And some of us have probably worked for companies like that where, you know, you got a call from the HR department and usually it was about, I don't know, a breach of policy or something. <laughs> something you've done wrong. You know, they saw the GPS tracker on your vehicle <laughs> went past the beach three times today. Uh, <laughs> but for a small business owner, and, and by small, we, need, we mean, you know, 20 or 30 employees or less, mm -hmm. um, it's still really important stuff to have. And particularly in Australia, we have pretty onerous requirements on employers mm. in a lot of ways. 
but, and I'll use the but instead of and, you can actually minimize the impact of some of that stuff by taking responsibility for setting it up right in the first place. And it, a lot of it can be really simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done a number of sessions, web sessions with uh, HR people on uh, the podcast and webinars um, in our group. Uh, I think I got all that mixed up, but anyway, you got what I mean, listeners. And time and again, what I hear is that it's actually pretty simple. You don't have to spend gazillions of dollars on HR policies and procedures. You know, employee handbooks can be pretty simple. There's lots of templates around that you can use. Mm. Um, I know one of the people that we've had involved with trades and business for a while sells their kits through a major Australian um, Mm. retail uh, business sort of support retailer. Um, So there's ways you can, you can set all this up without spending gazillions of dollars. Um, if you're not sure where to, where to go with that sort of stuff, give us a yell here at Tradies in Business. We can definitely put you uh, in touch with a few options that you can uh, assess. Um, but yeah, HR is an area that I think people get themselves in a lot of trouble as employers because they just go employ people and oh, I think assume that you just, I don't know, pay them a wage and that's all good. Uh, <laughs> anyway, HR, definitely the next one you want to take care of. Even if you're not employing people just yet, set it up now. So pretend like you're going to have people on the books very soon. And you will if you do it well or you do it, you know, with these suggestions in mind, I suppose. And there's a second part of that that sort of dovetails into it and that's workplace health and safety. Yes. So you have a lot of responsibilities as a business owner to have your workplace health and safety documentation up to date, on point and ready to go. acts like an insurance policy, I suppose. You can only do, as a business owner, you can only do everything. I think the wording is practically possible. So you need to make it as safe as practically possible or you need to make it as structured as practically possible. You need to have all of that in place so that should anything go wrong and that something going wrong can be you injuring yourself or somebody else on the site that you're working on or a client or a kid that climbs over the fence when you're not there over the weekend. All of those people are at risk and you need to cover yourself like an insurance policy by ensuring that your workplace health and safety is absolutely conforming to standard, up to date, above standard if you can. And again, there are plenty of people that can help you put that in place. It's not uh, an easy process. So we totally recommend that you get someone to help you to make sure that you've got everything covered. It's no different than having good comprehensive insurance for your business, which probably dovetails into that one as well. We didn't really mention it. Absolutely. Uh, probably wasn't on our list, but yeah, get all your insurances sorted. Uh, it's more than just you insuring your ute and your tools. Mm-hmm. You need business insurance, public liability. Uh, you know, there's work cover to think about. And there's all sorts of other ancillary policies, I guess, that you can mm-hmm. look at. You need to think about your life insurances. As a business owner, you have a lot of people... Uh, depending on you, I guess, to function, including your family, of course. And if something happens to you and you can't do all of that, then how are you going to pay the operating costs of the business? How are you going to keep the payments going on the van? Um, What about wages? You've still got to pay wages just because Mm. you've, you know, broken your ankle on your mountain bike, touch wood, uh, doesn't mean that you're absolved of your responsibility to run the business. So you can get insurance cover for business expenses. 
mm. to cover your business expenses if you can't work as the business owner. Mm. So it, it's something to definitely pay a lot of attention to mm. um, and have all of that set up and put in place before we even turn a wheel. We haven't even picked up a hammer yet, Coxie. No, notice we still haven't started advertising. No. So this is just getting ready to start a business. Um, I guess the insurance stuff kind of then flows into the next major area to pay attention to, which is finances. And (laughs) it's a bit meaty. Um, But I, I think a few simple things, Coxie, that a lot of people, their eyes are firmly shut Yes. Uh, when they start a business on things like break even, what is your break even point? Now, if you don't know what the heck your break even is, that's okay. Most people don't. Mm-hmm. Even people who've been in business for 10 mm-hmm. plus years can't answer that question. It's like, what's your break even revenue per week? They're like, huh? would you say? <laughs> so, would you say, boy? Um, so, break even, really, really important to know how much you need to invoice every week to cover your operating costs, your standing costs, your fixed costs, whatever you want to call it, and pay yourself a bloody wage. So true. I don't know about you, but I don't like working for free. No. A wage or a salary as a business owner is not an optional extra. It's not like air conditioning on a Toyota. It should actually be included in the standard Mm -hmm. package. Uh, So... Include that when you work out things like break even. Um, And then you can actually have a simple budget or a forecast for how much do you need to invoice each week. You should also know how much you need to be marking up materials and, you know, what your hourly rate should be based on some simple calculators that are floating around with most accountants and um, TIB, tradies in business. We have some of this stuff available through the trade desk. Um, but you know, work out what your hourly rates should be and then make a conscious decision about what you're actually going to charge. If it's different, that's okay, but do that knowingly. Don't just charge, you know, 70 bucks an hour because that's what the bloke down the road's doing. Yeah. Unfortunately, that, that's something we see far too often, isn't yeah. it? Sorry, was. No, no, that's exactly right. It's like, well, that's what Bill's charging. So I guess I'll just charge what Bill's charging. It's like, do you know anything about Bill? <laughs> no, not yet. Is he like working out of his back shed? Is he running a proper business? Is he going broke every minute? I mean, that's not a really good way to figure out your hourly charge out, right? No, and yet it's a common, it's just the thing to do. Um, how often, even just today, well, last week there was a, a conversation in one of our groups around um, hourly rate and pricing for hourly rate. might have been in a different group, actually, now that I reflect on it. And essentially, this person was saying, I'm charging out at this price. What do you all charge out at? And clearly, the prices were very different. The businesses were very different. They weren't in the same field. And it could be easy to discount that thinking, oh, they're different fields, so I can't do that. I need to do what Tom next door is doing because he's also a plumber. Where in actual fact, Tom's business is completely different. He serves different people. He, he fixes different things. He's, his whole service is completely different to what it is that you want to do in your business and you need to be charging accordingly so that you can maintain to have a wage. Sadly, we still talk to tradies who don't take any money out of their business. They're running at a loss continuously. This is your opportunity right before you actually step foot out into the real world as a business owner to have already made these decisions to understand at the very least what it is that you need to have in place in terms of ensuring that you get paid. 
there's there's uh, varied opinions on how important the money aspect of business is, but I would be amazed if anyone started a business that didn't want to make money from it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't <laughs> found one yet. So if you want to make money from your business, if that's an important part of your step one, why are you starting a business in the first place and what are your goals, then you should have a basic grasp of how much you need to make in order to achieve said goals. Mm. And that's what this step is all about, is just getting a basic understanding of what are your running costs, um, you know, how much do you need to make on materials and those sorts of things, how much wage do you need to draw to make this worthwhile, and then figure out how much you need to invoice every week because that finally actually earns you the right to talk about potentially the, well, it's not really the last one, but it's probably the last big one, Coxie, mm -hmm. which is da, 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 your ideal client. <laughs> oh, that was a big song and dance. It's not marketing yet. It's the first step before you do marketing. We still haven't done any advertising. No. We haven't answered the phone yet. We haven't done a job because the, the first step to all of that is actually working out, well, who the heck do we want to do work for? Sadly, we see far too many tradies talking to everybody and not to the people they need to be speaking to. And when you talk to a big audience, you don't get heard. I know you're all probably in the car or on the side or, or walking around the supermarket right now, but I'd love for you to put your hand up in the air if you actually notice any of Woolworth's advertising on television. Like, do you actually pay attention? Do you know what they were just talking about? Or is it just white noise in the background? Whereas if you know that you're in the market for a brand new Ford car and suddenly all of those Ford ads are talking to you and your life position about what you need your car for, like let's say it's a, it's a work vehicle, so suddenly all the advertising you're seeing is about work vehicles, you actually start to listen to that. It, it rams home the message. It gives you the solution to the problem that you're trying to solve that's what we need to be doing with our marketing and we can't do that until we understand exactly who we're talking to. Yep. It's, it's the old thing about uh, who's your ideal customer. It's like anyone that's got a pulse mm -mm. and that is such an awful way to start or run a business is just working for anybody, mm. anybody who can fog a mirror, anyone with a wallet. It's like they are such terrible ways to decide who you should actually take on as clients mm. because so often you end up taking on people who cost you money. I mean, yeah. there, there would have to be people listening to this and I'm sorry if this triggers you, but you've done work for a client and you, and you send the invoice and then you do your back costing or your, uh, your job costing and you work out that you actually paid that customer <laughs> to do their work for them by the time you take into account all the rework and the mistakes and the materials that you forgot to invoice them for. And it's like, man, I just paid that customer $172 to do their job. That's that really bites. not a good feeling. No, that bites. And I, look, I think it's a mistake that we all make at one point or another, but we're trying to get you to the point where you can avoid some of those mistakes. You can avoid some of the pitfalls that we see far too often, time and time again. With all business owners, this isn't strict just trades. People do this all the time. Unfortunately, particularly with trades, because 
we're sort of brought up on this this wheel of evolution of a tradie where we go from being an apprentice to a tradesman to maybe a subcontractor and then we work through to becoming self-employed and then a business owner and through that entire process we're taught to I guess just go and work without a lot of thought to a lot of these points that we're making as business owners. It's just run out and do the job, do it for whoever you need to do it for, do it at a competitive rate so that you're not losing to the job to Tom next door, the plumber who's doing it at, you know, a little bit more than you because that covers all his costs. We really want to have you thinking about where you're placed, what are you doing this for, how do you make money because that's really surely the point here. And that's what some of these steps we're putting in place or helping you think about will do for you. They'll have you have that true understanding that you need to be a business owner. So there is a way to figure out that, uh, you know, ideal client, Coxie, who you should be working for and who you shouldn't be working for. Um, You might've heard of the old client avatar, um, which I know we bang on about all the time. I think this is one of your favorite things, isn't it, Coxie? It is my favorite tool that we have in the trade desk. Uh, and well, there's a lot of tools it. in the trade desk. But um, yes, it's pretty straightforward, really. It takes a bit of time. It takes a bit of uh, critical thought. And uh, essentially, it's going to lead you to figure out who you should, but also more importantly, who you shouldn't mm. be doing work for. So the people that you should say no to. Mm. Uh, because... Uh, and I, I can't remember the exact quote, um, but it's it's like your level of success in business is so often defined by the people you say no to. Mm-hmm. Um, the opportunities you say no to actually lead you to success. And I think it's a lot of that is just about, it's a sign of how clear you are about who you are, what you do, what you're going to charge, what sort of work you'll do. And that level of clarity just brings much better decisions about um, your business. And, you know, it comes down to employees and processes and marketing that you'll spend money on or not. And it makes for a much more efficient business. So, um, yes, doing the avatar, really, really important. It is available in the trade desk if you're a member. If you're not, well, obviously you need to sign up. Uh, And (laughs) you just work through that and it'll help you actually get super clear on um, who you should be working for. Mm. With. With who for, yeah. So yes. there's a nice little roundup of all the things you need to do before you even start marketing. Yes. Okay. So can we do any marketing yet, Coxie? You can probably market now. Once you know <laughs> who you're talking to, we can probably look at marketing. But that's a whole nother podcast subject. And, you know, this is not a one-time deal. Um, these major pretty basic steps need to be repeated. You go back and you review your professional team. You review your goals on a regular basis. Um, you even review your avatar. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fluid thing. It's a constant um, cycle, I guess, of reworking all this stuff over and over in time. Um, but if you are thinking about starting a business, please, please pay attention to those um, steps if you started a business already, these can be really useful to work through and just figure out where perhaps you've got a little off track um, and help you to refine things. And um, if you are wanting a bit more support or some input or a bit more clarity or some expansion on some of these points, there is a fantastic place 
<laughs> that you can get all of it, Coxie, all of the advice around these points, hookups with great people, um, feedback from a community of peeps who have already done all this stuff or working through it themselves. Um, I can't remember the name of it. I saw, I saw a group once. I think it's called uh, Tradies in Business. Oh, is that what it is? Are you sure? It's actually it's the same name as this podcast. That was terrible. Funny Sorry, listeners. But um, <laughs> we've got all this stuff here for you, listeners. So if you haven't joined the group yet, what up? Uh, go join the Tradies in Business group on Facebook. That's free. There's, um, we're almost at 2,000 members in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Tradie Owner Community. So that is a fantastic starting point. And, um, and from there, you know, you can work with Coxie and I anywhere from subscribing to the trade desk right through to our fantastic drawing board masterclasses. Um, and even one-on-one with us, you can have us punch you in the kidneys every week or two and uh, keep you on track. So go check it all out. Um, the website, all the dubs, tradiesinbusiness.com.au or join the group. Just join the group. That's, I think, just join the group, Coxie. Step one, we'll put that before the why yeah. are you starting business. Go join Traders in Business. Yeah, we didn't really give ourselves a plug there, did we? <laughs> a bit silly of us. Never mind. No. Thanks for listening, Cobber. <laughs> On you, Cobber. You've been listening to the Traders in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.